I just find it funny how we're finally talking about sex. Welcome back, Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) We're back, and it's um, actually not a Sunday when we're recording this time. (laughs) We're, we're uh, recording a little earlier this week because we have a special guest. Period. I'm waiting for this. Go ahead. Hit the sound. Oh. <laughs> the period oh. sound. Period. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, so, I was not catching on to what uh, sound. Yeah, we got to work use. on that. Don't worry. Anyway. Um, yeah, we have a special guest this week and it's lit. We've been gassing this episode up for a while now. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's actually really funny, guys, is before we let our guest introduce himself, because I don't think any introduction we give is worthy enough. Um, but I, the first time we like dropped our intro episode, we had mentioned like, you know, one day we'll even talk about sex. And I had a few people reach out to me like, Brittany, talk about sex. And I was like, yeah, but like not anytime soon, y'all don't get too damn excited. (laughs) Like I got really embarrassed really fast, but we couldn't run from it. So here we are not running from it. Um, And we knew when we were going to do it, we was going to do it right. And with that being said, our wonderful guest, can you please introduce yourself? First of all, that is the most unfair seg- setup ever. Essentially, what you just said was, hey, we've never talked about this. We promised him from episode one we were going to talk about this. And now we are going to claim to, quote unquote, do it right. Hey, special guest. Thanks so much. It's like, so sorry that I'm yeah. going to uh, likely disappoint no all those uh, expectations. No, For, first of never. all, um, hi, I'm Princeton, Princeton Parker. Uh <laughs> That is so lit. Can I just have that? I, as yeah, a matter of fact, I really, I want that the next time I preach. I really oh, like. I am high key it. considering um, our text today is John four, and then just cue him <laughs> in the tech booth. Yeah. Listen, young adult Sunday's about to go up. Exactly. Um, my name is Princeton. Uh, I am a boy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a black man. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Uh, I preach, which is, I guess, one of the ways in which I got tapped in to uh, share this space with y'all. Um, but more than anything, I'm just, I'm grateful to be here with you all. Um, I know I said this when we first sort of linked and, and talked about this, but I want to go on record as saying that um, I'm very proud of the work that you all have done in the community that you've built so quickly. I remember talking to you guys about this in the ideation stage. And so to see how you've grown it and how effective it's been and how in touch and in sync you are with your community is super, super dope. So I'm glad to hang with y'all. Uh, in case I didn't say this, this is totally just so that I can have cool points in the space Aww. of the cool kids. Of, uh, it's a mutual so, cool points. So yeah. thank you. Loving it. Excited to be here. Well, we so we went to college. We all went to USC together. And um, Mm -hmm. one thing that I love about people like Princeton, um, well, I don't even say people like because I I would say like there's maybe there's not a lot of people like Princeton that we went to college with who were um, not only like you knew what they stood for. Right. Um, And you also knew that they weren't going to judge you if you. (laughs) You know, if he was going to get a little ratchet around them, like, you know, so um, I I appreciate that. I said that before, like, uh, um, 
when we met before but i appreciate that in princeton is like you could talk to him about god or about anything else and not feel judged <laughs> which is why he's the perfect person to have on this episode because people are probably like why the heck y'all finna talk about sex you have a pastor on here uh yeah <laughs> Yep, that's exactly the direction we went. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly the direction we went. And there's a reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not yeah, as yeah. freaky as you might have anticipated. But <laughs> right. They probably thought good. we were going to be. I don't know what y'all thought. <laughs> I don't know what y'all thought this was going to be. But um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. funny. I'm Shout sorry. out to you, SC. For real. Fight on. Yeah. Fight that Trojan on. network goes crazy. That's all I'm going to say. It really does. Everyone is doing their thing. Um, Princeton has Princeton does a lot of stuff too. Maybe before we close, you can plug whatever you want to plug too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be more than happy to. For sure. All right, y'all. So, <laughs> you know, I felt that it was right. Actually, it's really important that I say we had a full conversation about what we we're going to talk about today, we did. and we're fully prepared for this. But it's almost like, how do we start? <laughs> kind of where we needed to figure that out because Mm -hmm. it is again it's it's a new-ish conversation especially like for all of us it's like we just don't go on live or on tiktok or on facebook and be like hey y'all so i just want y'all to know about my sexcapades and my twins like (laughs) you know like we're not gonna do that so yeah. For for us, it was like, where do we even start? We have a lot of opinions on it, but it's just like, mm-hmm. how do we start? And I felt the best way for us to start was by all of us answering the question, um, what our relationship to sex looks like, looked like, what our feelings are toward it today as like young adults who are not like horny teenagers or you know what I mean? Or in college at <laughs> usc one of the best universities in the world where everybody <laughs> living their life was all i'm gonna say uh, <laughs> so i feel like and you'd be surprised we all have different perspectives but we also kind of mm-hmm. have similar ones so it's mm-hmm. like it's really interesting so Does that who wants to go first? first i'll go first i'll go first <laughs> all right so uh, where do i start so i guess First and foremost, it's really important to say that I've never was given a sex talk Me from anybody. I, if my mom heard this, she'd be like, yeah, I did. And I would tell her telling me not to have sex was not a sex talk, mother. Um, my mom is from Guatemala where like Catholicism mm-hmm. is like, you know, ingrained in us. And her perspective was, hey, just don't do it till you're married, huh? You can do that and live a fruitful life. And I used to be like, but mama, you never married my dad. That doesn't feel right. <laughs> and she'd be right. like, <laughs> she said, Spicy. do as I say, not, not as, as I, I do. do. <laughs> but I used to like tell her, I'm like, ma, like I love you to death. I, I don't foresee my, like that life for me of like, just being like, oh, I can't wait to marry the right person. And do the do but i told her i'm like but i am decently responsible and i feel like at the time that i feel comfortable where i feel like i trust the person where i feel Mm -hmm. like it is a good you know situation for me to do it 
I can tell you I will be very thoughtful in in that decision and she was just like oh my gosh what the hell but she wasn't mad at it i could tell she wasn't that mad at it i could tell she wasn't that mad but she also was like you should just wait till you're married my dad didn't give me no sex talk and if you guys listen to the side baby episode to understand probably why he didn't do that (laughs) but uh, (laughs) with that being said i actually held on to my virginity for a pretty I was like one, not if not one, the last person in my friend group to lose my virginity. I was in my 20s, uh, early 20s. I was in a relationship. I did exactly what I told my mom I do. I was in a somewhat long-term relationship. Sorry, I'm I'm using air quotes, guys, just because (laughs) if y'all know how I really feel about it, it was was so dumb. But (laughs) I waited for a good amount of time for technically a good person on paper where I feel like, you know, it wasn't like somebody just trying to jump my bones and just leave me in the dust or, you know, wasn't yeah. that type of c- scenario at all. It wasn't definitely, it's not a traumatic experience, mm-hmm. but I think what I feel was so dumb is like I held on to it for so long and I did it in my own way, which was in a relationship with someone I thought I trusted and I still ended up getting played essentially by that person. And that's why I kind of get mad when we see, we tell these people like to hold on to their virginities and wait for the right person. And, you know, don't go through that whole phase in college that everybody's going through because then you're tainted. And if you're tainted, nobody wants mm-hmm. you, you know? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be a hoe. Like everybody knows she's for the streets, you know? You know, like yeah. we just go through that kind of like, scenario in our especially when you're in college and i was like i'm not gonna be that i'm gonna be you know whoop do whoop do whoop but still ended up getting played he was just by someone i was dating you know it was just it wasn't like a random it was just by someone yeah. i was dating um so anywho my relationship with sex i guess as an adult now it, i think we need to just let people live their lives and <laughs> we should just not give a shit sorry princeton i'm cuss i cuss um (laughs) we shouldn't give a shit about who they hump when they hump how many they've humped like i don't think that should equate their worth to them Mm. and and i'm kind of like i think that's just ghetto i'm sorry i think it's just (laughs) ghetto to do that so anyway that's my long-winded conversation on my experience with it i still think sex can be special but i think if someone chooses that they don't care for it to be i don't think we should crucify them oh yeah there we go yeah i um i think something you said is important because um i kind of had the same idea like growing up that you did like well i don't have a bunch of bodies so like i I don't understand why people like still don't respect me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you get to the point where you realize it really has nothing to do with that. (laughs) Like it really has nothing to do with that. Like I was high as shit with my one body till I was X amount. Yeah, I was that bitch. Okay. But it's so dumb. Like, and then we get to our late twenties and it's like, we're only getting older like you know and people are only gonna live a little bit longer and do more things like i don't know yeah i don't know so i guess um i'll go next um 
So my upbringing was very similar, except not Catholic, Christian, um, non-denominational, but I would say like leaning more towards Pentecostal for anyone who knows what that means. If you know, you know. If you don't, I'm not going to explain it. But just know, like, <laughs> if you know, grew you up know. in church. <laughs> um, so I just remember, and I've talked about this on the show before, like, there being so many rules about, you know, what women can wear and what how, how women should carry themselves and um, just all these rules in church. Not that they were wrong, but... I just, that's how I remember growing up. And, um, and I also mentioned on the show before that I, like, my parents never gave me the sex talk. And to this day, like, the <laughs> I, I told Brittany and Princeton that I was like, well, I told Brittany first that, because we talked about having this, doing this episode. And when we mm-hmm. first started the podcast, like, I wasn't ready to talk about it, I guess. But now I've just gotten to this point, And I think the, you know doing the podcast has been like empowering too where it's not that I don't um care anymore about stuff like I definitely very much care but I just there's no shame around like what I've done in the past or what I still do sometimes like you know there's no shame around it anymore so never got the sex talk from my parents I'm pretty sure my brother's have I'm honestly not 100% sure I think they have but I never got one um so I my experience is a little different than Britney's though like I definitely like valued my virginity right um I lost it probably around the same time Britney did like in college it was after freshman year though so I was at least maybe like 1920 um and it was so like not what I <laughs> planned. Like I think everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people plan for it to be like with someone like Brittany, who like they're in a relationship with. Oh, and, mine like, was planned, guys. Mine was on Valentine's Day. See, and like, <laughs> see, like mine was TMI, but not, mine was <laughs> nothing like that. And I don't know, like I don't, I can't even explain what was going through my head at that time in life. Because it was just, like, I wanted to, like, get it over with. So I feel that. It was, like, <laughs> I'm not even going to give too many details. But it was with someone I knew. I had known him for a while. But we weren't, like, in any type of relationship. Nothing like that. It was just kind of, like, we had kind of liked each other for a while. Um, and for a while, mm. I mean, like, I've kno- I knew him since, like, eighth grade or something. Um, oh, wow. But... We didn't go to the same schools. It was like nothing. It was so random, bro. It was so random. <laughs> um, and n- haven't talked to him since. <laughs> like, <laughs> I literally forget that that's who that I lost my virginity to because, like, I just never think about it at, like, yeah. at all. And, like, I don't feel like it, like, tainted. I don't know. I don't feel like it tainted me in any way. And then sometimes I feel guilty because I'm like, I should feel a little like, shouldn't I feel weird that like that's how it went down with when even though I never planned for it to go down that way. But at the end of the day, I'm just like it happens. And that was that. I mean, that was the next day came and then I went about my life. Yeah. And (laughs) it it was just like, you know, then. um, Yeah. And even after that, I wasn't like 
oh, now that it's over, I'm just going to be in the streets because I wasn't. But not that there's anything wrong with that. That's just not how, you know, I was in college, still just wasn't doing the most. Um, yeah, still, I'm just, I don't really know fully what my relationship is with sex anymore. Like, I try to... Is it still a big deal to you? Um, like, in what way? Because obviously I can't wait till I'm married anymore because that's already out the window. You know what I mean? So it's like... <laughs> you can still wait till you're married. It's still... Yeah, you're just, no. It's, okay, it's just so different. It's with a different context. I tried, <laughs> I tried to, like, restart, you know? Um, <laughs> tried to do the restart. And um, I, I, like, Don't. I make a conscious effort to, like be celibate and then i th- i would say like the <laughs> most i can i've gone is like a year maybe or like a year and a half um so yeah i'm i'm not like i'm not just i don't know i don't know i'm i think i'm figuring that out right now which is why i feel that i um cuz i know we talk about this a lot or we've mentioned it before like i don't I don't feel like we are per- we are we don't try to be perfect or come off as we're as if we're perfect in any way. We're perfect Christians or whatever. Like we don't even we, y'all know we don't even try. <laughs> um, but I think that's that's kind of the beauty <laughs> of of like our conversations is we don't try and like we know that we're on this constant journey. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm like expecting. Maybe I'm just not there yet, right? And like I'll I know that I'll get there and I have to like work through some things to get there and maybe undo some things to get there, right? That I've gotten myself into without even knowing it. Like maybe I have to undo some stuff before I'm I'm there yet, but yeah, I mean, I try. You know. I just I try. That's all I can it's, say. I was just going to say it's funny <laughs> that you said you think your brother's got the sex talk and I'm pretty just sure because they did. My brother's sex talk was a box of condoms. Mine oh. was, don't you dare. <laughs> and yeah. in your her whole life, be a fast, you know, little girl out here in these streets. Which one, I 1,000% claim prudeness. That was all me <laughs> most of my life. Still to this day sometimes, I'm just to a prude. Day. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. But it was just getting those two very different messages where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, my brother had can have his girlfriend at the house during high school. Like what? Mm-hmm. Like he was in a whole like eight year relationship at in high school, and like she like lived with us. Like, do you think Krista? Do you think I could have? If y'all know anything about my mama, you know she'd rather ju- like push me off a building herself than like even flirt with the idea of like moving in a boyfriend with me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's again. That's why I'm a little salty. That's why we talk about it today because <laughs> I need to get out some frustration on the double standard that I'm so over. Yeah, no, I am. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure both my brothers got it. I don't know at what point they got it. I just know I didn't get it. Um, that's all ah, i know there we go <laughs> yeah um and yeah i mean we we can get into it more we could we'll let princeton go and then we'll jump back into you know some other stuff i have some other thoughts too but yeah that's that's my little spiel so um 
uh for my parents and family that are listening to this uh <laughs> surprise now, now you know uh you know chris would be you busted just got it open hey hey hey, 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 hey i'm hey, sorry hey. i'm sorry <laughs> too far <laughs> too far <laughs> no but uh no like and even if i was busting it open they, they just have to they're, they're just going to have to love me anyway. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, it was weird. It's easier to say it on here than to like be, have a sit down like mom and dad, you know, just, I'm, uh, not a virgin. And if you guys thought I was 27 and still a virgin, then I don't know. Like <laughs> you guys really surprise. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm shutting up now. Princess turn. <laughs> Go ahead, Princeton. <laughs> Yo, I, I think it, it's a crazy question to start off with. I'll say, first of all, um, my response is several fold. One, I think we sort of started off this episode by saying that we would come with a variety of experiences and perspectives and, and that sort of thing. But what I think grounds this episode is that there's two things that are sort of latent in all of our stories. The first was family mm. and the conditions around sexual conversation created by family. Yeah. The second um, is faith, that whatever denomination, the sort of rigidity or the, mm -hmm. um, the hyper-policing or the shame or the fear was sort of, it was, um, concretized by faith like the origin yeah. was we hold these sets of beliefs therefore we create this family culture and i, I think that that was not that might have been that is uh, the reason why i'm hanging out is because um i have this weird um this weird relationship to the conversation because in my present state in life i have to figure out how do i relate to it as a human being how do i relate to it as a man who at the time of this recording is 27 and navigating um, adulthood and, and more succinctly trying to figure out manhood and what that is. But I also represent the institution of the church mm -hmm. as the pastor. And so I want to hold space for the fact that I um, have been shaped by the ways in which the church has affected this conversation. But I also am one of the carriers and progenitors of how this conversation will go forward in the church from here on out. And so I'm in this weird, complex space. Like, I, I wish I could just figure it out for me uh, and sort of do whatever I want. But I'm, I'm also responsible because um, when you're in the church, what the pastor says will then influence how mom and dad govern their homes. Yeah. So there's a direct correlation between the pastor's theology and his sight and his exposure and mm -hmm. the way that kids are being raised. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to call out the, the, um, the liberty and the power and the light that that could create, mm -hmm. but we also have to call out the harm and the abuse and, um, and and the cycles of a very harmful relationship that we have with this topic. So so what is my relationship to sex? I think it's it's bifold um, from a position standpoint. Because number one, I'm I'm figuring out how I relate to it as a human, and then figuring out how I relate to it as a pastor. This comes because um, you know I'm a pastor now, but I, I started public speaking when I was two. Um, I preached my first sermon when I was four years old, and then I was licensed at seven by Period. the Church of God in Christ. Period. So I, <laughs> 
scary. I was gonna say you That's have weird. that. We got to put a little clip in here of a four-year-old prince. I do, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I unfortunately <laughs> have video. Um, and I would, that was my playtime. Like I would circle the coffee table of uh, our living room at home and I would have a little brush to my mouth like it was a microphone. And I'd take the Disney video covers where my 90s baby's at that mm -hmm. used to have the VHS in it. I would take that out and then just hold it open and I would pretend oh, like that was my little Bible scene. And I'd just run circles around that thing like preaching my little face off. And um my mom, like most millennial parents, uh, she just got out of video camera and started filming it. She'd be on the phone with her best friend, Wheel of Fortunes in the background. She'd be like, girl, you in here doing it again. You know, <laughs> and, stuff. Um, and so there, there I, I bring that up to say, um, I have not known life outside of ministry. Ever, ever since I've been born, I've been preaching and sort of sitting in this role that um, is difficult for 40 year olds and 45 and 50 year olds. Mm -hmm. Um, let alone for a child. And so I, I've preached and, and done ministry my way through childhood. By the time I was 10 years old, um, I was traveling. So I was in you know middle school and I'd be in school Monday through Friday. And then I'd hop on a plane Friday night. We'd be preaching in some state across the country. I'd spend the weekend preaching, fly back home Sunday night to be back in school on, on Monday morning. And the context that I was steeped in uh, was Pentecostal. I will do a little bit explaining. Chris, yeah, sort of, to be, just so people can rock with where I'm coming from. If you ever watch, and this always, you know, uh, one of the things that I hate is I hate the way people portray the black church in movies because it's, it's always so uh, sensationalized and never yeah. accurate. But when you look and there's people, you know, running around and falling out and there's an organ and people laying hands and they're falling out and they're, you know, speaking in tongues, that that's the context I come from. Mm -hmm. And and I'm uber proud of it, right? The the Princeton sauce and everything that I am um, I, at my core, much like I think Dr. King would have identified himself um, as a Baptist preacher when you stripped away everything else. That, that's who I am. I'm, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. Um, and while I am grateful for what that made me, no context is above causing harm. No context is mm -hmm. above um, missing the mark in certain ways. And as I grew up, the only conversations around sex were three. Number one, don't do it. Don't do it. What, whatever you do. Don't do it. I know it's a Bible that's got more than a thousand pages, but let me tell you, the only thing God care about <laughs> yeah. is that you don't. No, don't you dare don't get none. Sex. <laughs> don't smoke or drink. Mm -hmm. And then, heaven forbid, if you have a child before, yeah, sweet don't, Lord, don't give a pregnant. child before you married, you got to sit down. You can't sing no more. Yeah, exactly. Now, you, now, now, what? <laughs> what always <laughs> struck me is stupid about that is how you get sit down when you have a kid, <laughs> but you was obviously having sex nine months before the kid. So if I was gonna be sat down, <laughs> hypothetically, I should have been, been sat down been, at least nine months ago. <laughs> at By least the time we didn't have the kid, I'm probably good at it. So <laughs> it's not the <laughs> first funny. time. And that was a context I grew up in. So one, it, it was don't do it. Two, it was conflated with, um, if you do, you are less than. Mm -hmm. There is a conflation between sexuality and not just identity, but sexuality and inherent value. Yeah. And, and Brittany, you talked about this too, that, mm -hmm. that those who have had, now, now here's, here's where this comes from, which is what I'm most interested in, in contributing. This even comes from the way we talk about the Bible's conversation around sexuality. 
I, I think the Bible's already a very difficult book to navigate when we talk about sex and sexuality. And I, I think for one, we don't preach the full range of what the Bible is saying. Um, Cause it's, it's quite complex when we deal with it, but I'll get to that later. But we also preach a very narrow view. Like how many times have you heard someone, I'll give you a great example. Um, how many times have we heard the David and Bathsheba story oh, preached? And when it was preached, there's a couple things wrong with it. Number one, we preach it as though Bathsheba is the seducer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when in actuality, if you unpack the text, the Bible says that the only reason why David sees her is because David goes on the roof of the palace. So what the Bible is doing is not saying that Bathsheba seduced him. It's saying that David abused his privilege as king mm -hmm. and created a, not only he exploited a power differential that already existed and then used it to what I believe, though it's not called that explicitly in scripture, I believe that we can qualify this as rape by how we understand it today. What I'm saying is, when you grow up and you hear that kind of stuff preached, you don't want to be a Jezebel out here. You mm -hmm. don't want to be a Bathsheba. You don't want to be somebody. I think when, when we take these texts and we conflate them in that way, we make them about value. We make them about whose responsibility it is to gate, to be the gatekeepers for sexuality. And we typically put that labor on women. Um, and so the first one was just don't do it. Um, the second one was you are less than if you do, mm -hmm. or that you have some type of responsibility, particularly if you're a woman, to not be like, quote unquote, Bathsheba or to not be Jezebel. That's a whole theological fallacy in itself, too. I could unpack why that's wrong, et cetera, et cetera. But the third one, which was most harmful, um, is if you do these things. Not only will you be less than, but you're going to go to hell. You're going to hell. <laughs> and there is one thing Pentecostals love. We love <laughs> to make sure. I think that's what Pentecostals and Catholics have in common. <laughs> I've, I've never heard a Catholic speak in tongues, but I have heard us right. both talk about hell. Something serious. serious. You're going to guilt your way. You're going to hell for anything, for a for, lot. For all yeah. of it. For all of it, yeah. Okay? You blink three times. You're going to right. make a fire to burn for eternity. <laughs> for real. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because here I am, and, and those are the sermons that I'm hearing. Those are the conversations that I'm having. And those are the early beliefs I'm developing around sex. Simultaneously, I myself am in ministry um, rather quickly, and that, that um, assignment and that pressure rest upon me. And then uh, around seven and a half, eight years old, I'm exposed to pornography for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so I want to hold the tension when we talk about what was my relationship to sex. There's a time period where I am exposed to um, everything that's going on in the world of pornography and then holding that against these conversations that I'm less than, mm -hmm. I'm going to hell. And I'm also a preacher. Yeah. And what that did was it cemented in me very, 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 very quickly a relationship to sex that was um, shameful, that was fearful, mm -hmm. that was silent, yet still codependent. Mm. And this is the hard part about navigating faith and sexuality sometimes and, and really anything, right? Um, the same could be for an abusive relationship, whether we're talking about with a substance like pornography or with a person. The problem is while you're being silent about it, 
you're also not getting the proper needs met so you can heal yeah. from it so that strengthens and solidifies the hold that thing has on you mm -hmm. because the silence um you feeling like you can't talk to anybody about it is why it has such a hold because you right. feel like you're dealing with whatever it is by yourself um when in reality like me me saying it right like me coming on here and saying like yo just in case anybody didn't know, I'm like not a virgin. Um, just throwing that out there. That released any hold. Like no one can hold that against me, right? No one can be like, well, I know what you do and blah, blah, blah. No, because mm -hmm. I don't feel shame around it anymore. Like I I have said it like it. That is I'm just walking in my truth at this point. Um, I don't mm -hmm. have I don't feel shame around it anymore. It took me a while to get here but I'm here now. Right. And so, um, I think a lot of people are still dealing with that. Like they, what, for whatever it is, maybe it's not even related to sex, but like shame about something that they do or that they've done. And the reason it has such a hold is because they feel they can't, they can't say it right They're Or maybe they're scared to tell somebody, um, to yeah. get the help they need. I think that that to me is, um, one of the greatest pieces of harm that bad theology and, and a bad experience with God and what the church creates mm -hmm. is where you learn that holiness requires silence. Ooh. That the more I keep where I am and who mm -hmm. I am and my present experience in secret, the closer to God I can be, or at least even when we know that it's not contributing to us being closer to God, we think that the silence is protection from the backlash of community. Because mm -hmm. all people. of us are sitting in this space, which is what I sat in, which is, would you love me if? Mm -hmm. And I think we have to, we have to, the beginning of healing is where we start to unpack with ourselves um, who is the them? When we say we're concerned about what they think, let, let's yeah. start by identifying because they is very rarely 300 people. They is typically four or five family. And, and when we name <laughs> them me. and unpack, right, mm -hmm. it's family. It's my local church leader. For me, um, it was, you know, it was definitely family first. And then the second was these people who listened to me preach. Would they believe that I was less than because I had struggled in this particular in this particular area. Now, what's fascinating to me about this is that this is um, nothing but the harm of humanity because this doesn't hold water in scripture. In fact, scripture takes the opposite, that the closer one gets to God, the more open they become, mm -hmm. that there is a liberating transparency that comes with Jesus. For example, the Bible says in Revelation, they overcame, they found victory, by only two things, by the blood of the lamb, that's referencing Jesus. And the second is gnarly to me and the word of their testimony. Yeah. Now, I would think that people who found victory it would be they prayed real hard. They memorized scripture. <laughs> right. it was, the Bible is like, nah, you got two ways to find victory. One in Jesus alone. And then two in the words of their testimony. I'll take your lover deeper. The Bible says something fascinating. It says, confess your faults one to another that ye, might, that ye may find healing. All right, bet. The Bible says in another place, confess your faults to God that you may find forgiveness. So is the Bible like, is it competing with itself? Is it canceling each other out? No, it's saying there are two types of confession that number one, silence has no real role in this thing when it comes to development. Like mm -hmm. if I'm being silent, I'm moving out of the direction of wholeness. But one is 
I confess to God for forgiveness. It is just, it, and it's not the act that I'm trying to confess so that I can earn forgiveness. It is right. me much like going to my partner to say, hey, this is what I did. I'm, I'm bringing this out in the open so we can deal with this together. But what, what the second one fascinates me, confess your faults to each other for healing. What is that saying? That when I finally open up about it, and the shame and this whole idea that I was somehow defined by whatever that experience was or wasn't, because right. it could be on different mm -hmm. spectrum, that's where that healing begins. And I think for me, that part was crucial. And it started, oddly enough, in college. I was actually dealing with this part of my journey at the end of college. And it started first, I told um, two people who were very, very, very close to me. And then uh, if anybody's listening from USC Saved by Grace, love y'all. Shout out to y'all. Hey. Um, if anybody was at that very last rehearsal we had, um, I shared that with them. Like, hey, I don't want you to look at these last three and a half years and what we've done as a ministry together and think that I'm some type of Christian superhero. <laughs> like, right. here's the real, here's the story. And um, and then subsequently was able to, to tell and process it with a mentor. Basically, what I'm saying is two ideas. One, if you break the shame, you break the cycle. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, the most horrible things we did is we equated theology around sex to equal shame around sex, whether you've had it or not had it, whatever. And then we that shame sort of continues and perpetuates itself by silence. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe that the moment that we break the silence, we break the shame. And when we break the shame, we break the cycle. And then you can reinvent your relationship with sex. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like a little bit jealous that there are <laughs> kids that get to have someone like Princeton as like their pastor or youth pastor. Right. Because like, again, this is no, no shade to how I was brought up because I think it was really hard to have conversations like this in the, what the nineties to early two thousands. Right. However old we were. Um, and <laughs> So, like, it was hard to have conversations like this, but I wish we had them, right? Because it's, like, stuff, I guess I kind of had to learn, in air quotes, the hard way I learned things or I learned um, the why behind the don't, don't, don't do it. But, like, there's all, there is a why, and, and maybe it was that our parents or, at the time, our youth pastors or whoever just couldn't articulate that. Um, but I'm jealous of like this younger generation because I mean, outside of just Princeton, there are so many pastors I'm noticing now that are that just being straight up bluntly too. talking about it. You know, mm -hmm. they make little slick little comments or jokes, uh, like <laughs> about it in church, you know, about, yeah, oh yeah. I'm, I'm really bad yeah. at that, honestly. <laughs> uh, um, and yeah. thank you to God, only, only if um my like real intimate squad knows that i'm the worst um for just making the worst jokes also at the worst time is really bad it's one of my uh favorite styles of, of humor um right. I, I think one of the grace for is there are a couple of reasons why i think we don't have the conversation one of them is i think the generations before uh well let me start here i think the reason why we're choosing to is because we're realizing you either talk about it or die from it. Mm. Man. And I think our generation is saying, I, I, I can no longer process the slavery of secrets. Mm -hmm. I, I can no longer live under that way. And, and we're at the point where we would rather like 
violently and recklessly tell it all in ways we shouldn't. <laughs> like yeah. we, we go to the opposite of the spectrum. Social media be knowing all oh. our business. <laughs> yeah. Because we're just at a place where we we cannot afford. We're like, look, if if I'm gonna be hurt or harmed, I would rather be hurt or harmed with the truth out there. Mm-hmm than the hurt and harm I've been living in with secrecy. I think it was so hard and I'm learning to have compassion for it. I, I wanna be, I wanna hold grace for parents cause I don't have yeah. that experience. I'm, I'm not Same. a parent, um, I'm a kid, right? So I, I will one day um, know that experience and, and I just hope God will give me the strength to do uh, a halfway decent job at it. I, I think though one of the reasons why is because for many people, the generation that came before us and the folks I'm imagining in my mind they didn't have a fully developed theology, ethic, um, thought life around sex and sexuality because they got into it so young. Mm-hmm. I can remember my my grandparents before, and, and I love my, my grandmother to life, she was married before her high school prom. Dang. And so, so I, you know, so and that, I think you're like 17, so what, 17, you're 16, 16, 16, 17, 17, right? Yeah. I, I think she, she was around that time. And you got to remember in the South, you were getting married yeah. extremely young and having children young. And so I think two things. One, there wasn't a fully formed at the, because, because life was simpler. You, you didn't mm-hmm. have social media. You, you didn't have all these things to compare it to. There wasn't. In some of the places where they grow up, you didn't have all this room to explore because it wasn't <laughs> that much to do. Right. And so I think, in my estimation, one part of it was because their experience was was limited. Um, you know, I'm holding space for the fact that it's hard for people to imagine us navigating this in college, mm-hmm. and they didn't go away to college. Yeah. Right? Like I'm, I'm just holding space for the fact that they they lived at home, they they made a home their whole life. So I think that's one reason. I think another reason why I realize is because. Um, people, instead of dealing with the shame associated with their own experience, they would rather make you feel bad about yours. Mm. So the easier way to deflect from my own shame around my story is to just claim, because all of us, when we experience shame, will turn to something to reach for power. And sometimes the way you get power from your own experience, what you feel like you did or didn't do is to tell somebody else, why are you doing that? Like, yep. you should, you ought to tighten it up. The Lord is not pleased. And what they're actually doing is trying to run their way out of their worst. And I put that in air quotes, right? Because that's still sort mm-hmm. of tinging shame to their, but they're trying to run away from their own story. And I think that was the reason. And then last but not least, like, people like to live in the black and white. Yeah. Yeah. They like to live in the black and white, which is do or don't do. And I'll I'll introduce a gray area to to my fellow Christians who are trying to navigate this. We teach, don't have sex until you're married. What if someone doesn't want to be married? Yeah. Or what if marriage is not in God's will or cards (laughs) for someone? Right? Mm -hmm. And I think there are some people who would just easily, well, you just can't. (laughs) I think we have to to tease this out a little more to say, what is the full range of conversation? And I don't know that there are many people who are, who desire to engage on that route. But Mm -hmm. I just think those are a few reasons why people don't talk about it. Yeah, and I think that's um, why there is like a very, um, amongst people who have maybe walked away from God or walked away from church is like there is a 
sort of common experience of like going to church and being judged or people um, making people making you feel shame about things you have done or how you dress or how you, you know, carry yourself or just whatever it is. Right. And um, I got to a point where I realized that I think I realized this pretty young um, is that, you know, it's not it's not um, their it's not always their fault. And like church for me is just a hospital of sick people who are all just trying to figure it out. And they all, we all have our own things that we're trying to figure it out that we're trying to figure out. Um, And so, yeah, sometimes that comes off as like judging others or whatever. Right. Cause we're all just going through our own stuff. But what, what I, um, what I (laughs) hope happens right in church versus just elsewhere in in um as church people call it the world right like um (laughs) basically just outside of church is that we can like have conversations and have dialogue and try to understand each other give give people the opportunity to understand each other um right and and have conversations with God at the center um and know that you know, we're all working on our own stuff versus outside of church. Maybe you don't have that experience. But, um, yeah, I realized that, you know, I'm not going to allow any individual to make me feel shameful because we all, you know, we all fall short, right? So, um, which is why it's super important to have your own individual relationship, with God or who I get whoever you believe in right um but with God and not being so dependent on what your parents tell you that God is or what your auntie or the church mother right tells you about who God is because you really just have to have that one-on-one experience yourself in relationship yourself because we all are going to be a little bit as we're all human we're all going to be a little bit tainted by whatever right has gone on in our own lives um and so you know I'm not saying don't no don't listen and I'm not saying that there there isn't wise counsel in church that's not what I'm saying at all but what I'm saying is it's you have to have or I realized that I had to have my own relationship and that's like the stuff I'm working through now is like okay I have a desire to like wait till I'm married I guess now but like I'm also like, I don't know, I'm not there yet. (laughs) And I'm honest with myself. I'm not living Mm -hmm. in denial because that's where that's where you get caught up again is like you live in denial. Like, oh, no, I'm and I'm just if you're not there yet, you're not there yet. And you just God, you don't have to help me figure out how (laughs) to get there. If that is if that is what if that is uh, what you want me to do, because it's a struggle. We old like we have hormones and just. I'm just like I'm pretty sure like at this age like my body is like trying to do something with these eggs like (laughs) like what (laughs) like dude look Look. I don't know what I don't know what I just said to be honest no it's funny though this is definitely very immature but I feel like (laughs) that's what happens to some of us who don't go through a proper hoe phase is like that curiosity versus like 
I'ma just wait till marriage. You're like, what is the hype about? Like, we see all these people doing all this stuff, and you know, I think they deserve love too. Like, but all I'm just saying is like, I'm just supposed to just wait till marriage every time. Yeah. Bro. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. I digress. Also. <laughs> hey guys, we know this episode ended a little abruptly, and there's no official closing. But that's because we decided that there was so much great content that we wanted to split it into two different episodes for you guys. So please, please, please come back next week for the second part of this episode. Um, we think you're really going to enjoy it. We talked about other topics as well. So please, please, please come back. Um, thank you guys for listening. Continue to rate and subscribe and share this episode with your friends or your family members or anyone who you think would benefit from hearing this all right Brittany's not here but just like that Brissa out